asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we are responding to rate hike hysteria. You know what, man? We are talking about the dramatic increase in interest rates that we've seen. This is a huge deal because, I mean, basically, we haven't seen uh, an increase this quickly since the 80s. It's been something like 40 years, which it's not uh, a coincidence that there's another thing that we haven't seen in 40 years. Inflation at the rate that we've seen it. And so it makes total sense that we are now seeing interest rates increase at this clip. This is a big deal. And so we're excited to dedicate an entire episode to interest rates today. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of confusion right about what it means but there's also a lot of confusion about what the impact is and not just on our economy but there are a lot of like microeconomic impacts like a lot of a lot of things that are going to affect every single one of us in one way or another so we're going to talk about like the myriad impacts like all of the different ways in which these fed rate hikes are going to influence the way we live our daily lives and the way and yeah. we're going to talk about the way that they impact our personal finances on today's show. But Matt, before we get to that, I wanted to mention that I told you, obviously, I I, I held my head in shame a little bit that I cracked the screen of my brand new phone within like a week or two, right after getting it. Well, you didn't tell me. uh, I caught you. You caught. caught. I was trying to hide it from you. (laughs) I saw it and I was just like, what is that? (laughs) And I felt like an idiot because it had dropped off my side table. But Um, I'm looking at it now and it looks like you've got a brand new screen on there. And so it does fill me in. Okay. So it's not a brand new screen it's a brand new phone oh okay and because i told listeners the whole part of the whole reason i upgraded was because google was paying me three hundred dollars for a phone that i'd bought for three hundred fifty dollars mm-hmm. uh, two years ago so basically almost full price for a piece of crap phone that was messed up and so that's that was part of the reason i was like cool all right time to upgrade and uh, then after I cracked my screen, I was like, "Man, I'm so bummed." I'm, but I'm 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 not going to pay a hundred dollars or whatever or to to fix my screen. I'm just going to suck it up, and I deserve I deserve to live with a cracked screen for being an idiot. Uh, but I realized, wait a second, these Google trade-in deals are still happening, 
And so what I did was I bought... The same deal? Did you... I used the same deal, yes, uh, but with my parents' Gmail address because only <laughs> one trade in per, per Gmail address. And so I, I had to go out there on frugal, Facebook Marketplace. Frugal or cheap. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't using it. They were fine with it. Uh, and so they, I, I had to go out there and buy an iPhone 8 for 60 bucks on Facebook Marketplace. But the trade-in value, according to Google, because like I said, they're doing these outsized trade-in values, was $385. Uh, even more than holy crap! I know. Wait for an iPhone eight. iPhone eight. Okay. The basic and even it has a. They're willing in the to pay too. a premium to the Apple users because they're like <laughs> those. Those suckers are used to paying a ton of money. Exactly. So basically, I paid uh, all in all the sixty bucks plus there was like uh, just just under a hundred dollar gap in when I had to pay for this new home. So once I, I'm my plan is to sell now my old Pixel, the brand new old Pixel that has a crack in it for 150 bucks on Facebook Marketplace and I'll I'll, uh, I'll get out of this scot free even with a, okay. a new screen in hand. Nice. And obviously this is this is just for the hardware, right? That's right. Yeah. You, we we love Mint Mobile and so you're not it's not like you're doing this and locking into an additional 2 years and an, another 2 years and so right. you're not like signed up with like Verizon for no. five years. This or isn't a like deal that. with the devil yeah, like that. Yeah. No. And, and typically, <laughs> where you've sold your soul. <laughs> typically, when you see generous trade-in uh, rebates like this, it is right. That's almost always how it works. Is that it's with a, a particular cell phone company, mm-hmm. and they're saying, "Great, we'll give you six hundred dollars for your piece of crap old phone if you get this new phone." But you're you're indentured to us for the next two years. But no, this was directly with Google just for the hardware. So I can still be a free agent. I'm not locked in anywhere uh, service-wise. Nice. Kind of makes me think of uh, a discussion you and I have had off the air. Is it Propane Taxi, which is now Cinch, but using a different credit card in order to take advantage of the, the new customer offer? Yeah. We're not going to get into that on this <laughs> one, but... I, <laughs> we, said, we came down saying that like was it, frugal. I feel like it raises a similar question. I feel like, you know, using my parents' Gmail address to do this, I asked them, I was like, you, you guys okay with this? And they were like, yeah, it works for us. We're used you're, to your odd money saving you're, you're ways. The, you're the same guy that uh, is getting the free meals for the home meal delivery kits and where he's getting the boxes mailed to somebody else's house. <laughs> you remember that listener I question? I haven't done that did? yet. but um, I will say the propane delivery uh, services, I swear that they don't completely fill those jokers up. Whenever I get a tank from one of those services, it doesn't seem like it lasts nearly mm. as long. And so I don't know if that's a part of their model where they're kind of like, ah, you know. Three quarters not, of a tank. It's pretty full, but I'm not going to disparage them. I'm going to assume the best. And maybe instead we had a leak with our grill, with our flat top. Uh, but Joel, let's quickly introduce our, our beer for this episode. This is called Scotia by, and it's, we've been saying it wrong evidently this whole time. It's not Bosque Brewing, and you wrote you were done like Bosque. It's yeah. Bosque. I've heard multiple people say Bosque. Okay, Bosque. I think that's right. Maybe Bosque. Our, 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 well, Bob, who donated these beers to the show, he emailed me. He's like, guys, you, you're saying it wrong. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, sorry, Bob. We, uh, sorry, we've already we've been saying he, it wrong for like four episodes. Two different pronunciations. Okay, but it's bo- Bosque. I've I heard other folks call, say Bosque. Okay, yeah. So right. I don't know. You can you can say it that way. But cool. thanks right. for correcting us, Bob. We'll do our best. Pronunciation is not our strong suit. But Matt, let's get on to the topic at hand. We're talking about rate hike hysteria and what our response should be as individuals and i don't know i always like to start out with a nerdy story or allegory and let's get let's get real nerdy here because uh, and i haven't actually watched any of the new lord of the rings series on amazon have you seen any of it yet i have okay yeah. is, can, can i've watched four of them maybe do you have any five? ratings is it good it is uh it's pretty good okay it's a little slow, I will say that, but we're in it. Kate and I, we don't watch TV often. Like there aren't many shows that we uh, that we both like, and so this is one that we both can sit down once a week, watch a little bit of TV, unwind. So okay. we have enjoyed them. Well, I was thinking old school when I was thinking about this episode, and I was thinking about the the first Lord of the Rings book, the original. Yeah, when Frodo he's he's comfortably living in the Shire, but then Gandalf comes along and he disrupts everything. He basically says like. Uh, you need to leave and go on this quest in order to save the world and to save the Shire. And if you opted to stay here instead, well, the Shire is doomed. It's going to it's gonna get destroyed. So Frodo's like, well, yes, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> he, he gets convinced. In fact, he he wants to go because he understands the call. The yeah. call that, uh, t- in order to not save the world or the Middle Earth, Joel. That's right, Middle Earth, my bad. <laughs> I'm not as much of a ringhead as you are. <laughs> I don't know what they call him. But uh, yeah, so, similar to Frodo, maybe we might think that like the, the recent rate hikes from policymakers who have white hair and dress in suits uh, are not going to impact us significantly in our normal everyday lives i think frodo at the beginning is like cool that's that's this battle taking place somewhere else and gandalf has to convince him well no it's it's going to come impact you and the ramifications 
uh, for these rate hikes are actually many for for us. They reverberate far and wide. And so we're going to talk today about how they're impacting you and what your reaction should be. We're going to dive into to all that today. That's right. Yeah, I think this this can be a really helpful illustration, but I only think it goes it only goes so far uh, because while the one ring was just straight up evil, higher interest rates aren't even though we do believe that the uh, the impacts of higher interest rates are just as far reaching as the the, the reach of the the one ring the reach of Sauron <laughs> and i shared this the all seeing eye <laughs> yeah um, I, I mentioned this too because it seems like i swear the fed it feels like they've been getting a lot of hate recently um, and i'm not a, a fed apologist by any means but the raising of rates like this is the natural outcome with the amount of inflation that we have been experiencing um, I think everyone has just gotten so used to the bull market over the, the past 13 years. But this has to happen. You know, the, the, like the Fed getting involved here, like it's a double edged sword. And so if you are happy about the Fed lowering interest rates at times in order to give the economy a little boost, you have to be willing to see them kind of, you know, put a wet rag on things. Yeah, you got to take your medicine when it's due. Exactly. It's, and it's 100% due at this point. Uh, yeah. So rate hikes, they're, they're not inherently evil. Uh, they're more of a tool to help slow this economy that's out of control. It's a way of uh, slowing these rapidly increasing prices that we've seen. And so our goal today is to help you to decipher and to translate what this dramatic increase in interest rates, what that means for you and your money, because you you can't stay in your sunny and your, your safe shire. Eventually, these high interest rates, they are going to find you. So you, you may as well ride out into the sun and, and meet them head on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, let's let's dig into some some history here for a second, Matt, because I think that's going to help us all understand a little bit more of why rate hikes happen, maybe some of the history of it's rate hikes. It's important to know what happened in the past, just like within all the Lord of the Rings books and the Rings of Power. <laughs> How far are we going to take this? You always dive into the past. Like, it's so important. That's right. You yeah. sing songs about the past. You uh, <laughs> read inscriptions on mountains that commemorate the past. It's true. Yes. Okay. All right. I like it. I didn't realize we were going to go this far with the analogy, but I'll stop. Okay. Uh, but yeah, well, let's dig into some history because I, I think that that helps us understand why rate hikes happen and the impact they've had in the past. And so uh, the, the name that, that's kind of going around right now that you might see in headlines or in news articles you're reading is the name of Paul Volcker. A lot of folks are going to recognize his name now that maybe didn't realize who he was two years ago. And it, it's been on the tip of a lot of tongues because he was the chairman of the Fed the last time we had soaring inflation like That's we're right. seeing now, right? In the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, th- there's a name, though, that you're probably less familiar with, William Miller. He was the Fed chair right before Volcker. And his his lack of action actually allowed the, the situation, allowed inflation to get out of hand. And so by the time that Paul Volcker took over that job, America was experiencing double-digit inflation in 1981, which is just a little bit worse than what we're actually experiencing now. And, and things oh, yeah. were, were worse actually in a lot of ways because mortgage rates were sky high, gas prices were too, the job market was also weak, unlike uh, what we're currently experiencing, and it took a lot of a lot of chutzpah to get uh, go down the path that Volcker took, hiking rates quickly in order to tamp down inflation. But he believed, and it turned out, it, it looks like he was right that it was this necessary route to prevent prices from spiraling out of control. And Ben Bernanke, who was another uh, head of the Federal Reserve, I think he said it best when he said that Volcker personified the idea of doing something politically unpopular, but economically necessary. That was kind of Volcker's role. And that's why we're kind of looking at what he did in the past as informing kind of the present and and the way the Fed is currently reacting to out of control inflation. Yep. Yeah. I think we're seeing a repeat essentially of that because I mean, like in the early 80s, inflation, it was close to 15%. And within just a few years after raising interest rates, uh, just a few years later, we saw inflation come down in, in the three percent range, uh, and hopefully we will see some, you know, a dramatic shift like that again with the increase in rates. But uh, let's also give an opposite historical example to help put things in perspective, uh, because as the housing market collapsed, this is back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, the economy was sent into a tailspin. You might remember that folks were losing their homes, folks were getting fired, and so the Fed, they were looking to to heat the economy back up, and that meant the opposite of what Volcker did, lowering the interest rates. The Fed funds rate was something like 4.5% at the end of 2007. Uh, By the fall of the the next year in 2008, it was down to 2%, but the Fed, they kept going as the economy continued its malaise lowering interest rates to effectively zero. Uh, and so we, we share this because the Fed fund rate, it's a tool that if used 
properly. It can help boost the economy when things aren't going so well. Uh, and it can also be used to tamp down exuberance when things are going a little too hot, like mm. we've seen over the past year. Uh, that way things don't continue to skyrocket and spiral out of control. Yeah, it's kind of a, a rough tool, but it's a tool that has a lot of power. It's, and a, it can, it's a tool of last resort. Yeah, and which it can is, be used in both ways, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Um, and I mean, you and I, like we were talking about this recently, but I think a lot of times folks complain about the Fed and the job that they have to do. It should be a tool for last resort, but honestly, there should be a lot more legislation that happens prior to this, what almost feels like uh, like the like the nuclear option, yeah. essentially, which is raising interest well, rates. As anyone who's followed Congress knows, there, there's not much action going on in that deliberative body or and even calling them a deliberative body is probably too high praise uh, these days <laughs> but yeah you would expect more things to be happening there and since they're not it feels like the federal reserve has to kind of be the adult in the room exactly well, it's, it's, which, think, which can also be frustrating because it's like this is a guy that we didn't elect right and so he's the one calling the shots and so i think there can be a degree of frustration there and so unfortunately that's just where things are yeah when nobody else is going to step up somebody's got to do it jay powell and it takes the right person too yeah. right because like that's the difference between uh, william miller and volker is like Volker, he had the personality to be like, you know what? Everyone's going to hate me, but I'm, I've got to do this. But it's only going to make me stronger. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also it's also probably good to explain maybe exactly the, what the interest rate is, the interest rate that we're talking about. Because the Fed, we, we talk about interest rates all the time on the show, man. We're talking about mortgage interest rates, credit card interest rates. Uh, th- those are all different things. But the interest rate that we're discussing here. Is it, is it, it like? the ring of power it is, is, is it like the one ring to rule them all kind of sort of kind of sort of like that well it's kind of is <laughs> the, the fed isn't necessarily telling banks like cit or marcus or ally or whatever to increase what they're paying you in your high yield savings account but the fed is setting the rate that banks change when they lend money to each other essentially the cost of doing business right mm-hmm. that's what this fed rate is so think of it as kind of like a base interest rate. It's it's kind of like they're setting a new floor, right, for what go. what borrowing rates are going to be. But then, of course, that that rate that they that they set has downstream effects that directly impact our money. Mm-hmm. And today, you know, the truth is that there there was a lot of money pumped into the American economy because of COVID, because of the health crisis. Much of it was necessary, especially early in the uh, in the early days of the pandemic. But a broken supply chain combined with too much stimulus money is a major reason we're in the position that we're in. And like we said, Matt, not enough adults in the room doing what needs to be done. And so the Fed has to basically combat some of the financial overreach that we saw happen last year. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, that is how and why we are in the position that we are currently. Um, and so, you know, we, like, we don't typically dive into this much history on the show, uh, but we think it's helpful to, to see the way that rate hikes have been used in the past and the impact that those rate cuts and bumps that they have on the economy as a whole. But what we really want to cover on this episode is how living within an environment of Fed interest rate hikes, which are likely to continue until inflation starts to chill out a little bit, uh, how that is going to impact your personal finances. And so we'll we'll get to what higher rates mean to you as someone who's, who's earning and spending their money, as someone who's saving and investing as well uh, in the here and now. We'll get to all of that right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. 
Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Matt, let's keep going. We're not normally history buffs. We're not trying to do the Dan Carlin thing, hardcore money history <laughs> or anything like that. But Buckle up for four more hours of this. <laughs> would, man, <laughs> would you listen to Dan Carlin on four hours of the Fed? Like, would he ever even do that? I don't know. I'd listen to that. I would listen to I mean, too. that's because that's just what we like to talk about. What also, we, what we like hearing about. Dude's got an amazing voice and a lot of passion for what he does. <laughs> and so I would listen to Dan Carlin talk about almost anything. But uh, yeah, let, let's talk about the things that, that matter to individual how to money listeners. And all of the various ways in which Fed rate hikes and what look like continued Fed rate hikes moving into the future, how those are going to affect their money. Let's talk. Uh, let's first talk about how it's going to affect spending. And because, yeah, when borrowing gets more expensive, it's inevitably going to cause individuals to consume less. It makes sense, right? Because mm -hmm. it, especially in a society where we're used to making payments on everything, right? I mean, we don't really like that that's the case, but it is the case. People borrow to buy things that they want. Well, uh, when the item you buy, when the item that you're interested in now costs more because the cost of financing have increased, you're going to buy less stuff. It's it's just kind of a human reaction because it's not like your rate of pay is increasing at the same rate that not necessarily borrowing costs are increasing. They're they're not right now, and so it's not like you've got an unlimited pool of money that you can continue to pay. Like we want people to be price conscious, and yeah. this is what this allows folks to do is to realize, oh wait a minute, this is costing me more money. I need to make some changes in my life. We need to be able to have a little bit of flexibility when yeah. it comes to our spending in that so, way. In some ways, it kind of it stinks, right? The borrowing costs are going up. We'll talk about that here as well. But in other ways, it's like okay, cool. Maybe it's going to help us pump the brakes on stuff that we shouldn't have been buying anyway. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of that's the silver lining of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the reality is that the annual percentage rate, the APR on credit cards is going up, uh, basically in lockstep with the federal rate hikes. And those increases have an immediate impact on your monthly payment if you're carrying a balance. So if you've got some lingering credit card debt hanging around, that debt is going to cost you more money, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's kind of crazy to think about, but it's not just these future purchases that are going to cost you more. It's the stuff that you've already purchased that's costing you more as well. Uh, debt in this way, it's got this 
creative way of reaching into your past <laughs> and making you feel even more regret for the poor decisions that, <laughs> that you made yep. when you see interest rates and APRs increase like they've like they've been. And so because of that, we always suggest getting rid of credit card debt, no matter what. But that debt is morphing into something even worse right now. And so we want you out. In this case, our message isn't changing at all, but the urgency is changing just right. slightly. Yeah. It's something that was bad is getting worse. Yep. And so it, it's even more incumbent upon you if you are in credit card debt to uh, make a plan to get out of it more quickly. And so, yeah, we on debt.it is a place that we always recommend. We'll link to it again in the show notes, undead it. And it is uh, a tool that is completely free that will help you come up with a plan. Uh, and there's different ways you can attack that, that debt, but it's gonna help you come up with a plan. And having that plan in writing is what's going to help you actually get out of that debt. If you don't have a plan, it's really hard. Like you're just kind of like, I think I'm gonna throw an extra 20 bucks here or there towards my debt, typically it's going to take you a whole lot longer if you don't have an actual written plan, a strategy to, to get yeah. rid of it quickly. And and if you're currently paying 20 plus percent on a credit card uh, and you just can't stomach it, I get it. <laughs> we would say a balance transfer card might make a ton of sense for you too. Uh, we'll, we'll link to our favorite balance transfer cards in the show notes. But if you opt for this strategy, it's crucial again to have a plan so that you aren't just racking up more debt. Some people will uh, transfer a balance, then they'll rack up debt on the card that they transfer the balance from, just increasing their overall debt load. That is not a place you want to be. But yeah, paying it off with uh, a little bit of like a, an interest holiday can be the perfect way to accelerate progress. Again, if you have a plan, yeah. and as rates are just going to continue to go up on those credit cards, it's important to formulate that plan now, and then get after it. Yeah. If you don't have a plan, it's sort of like instead of like pulling weeds up by the root, you're just kind of like snipping the little branches off. Yeah. Knowing that it's just going to sprout back even stronger as the roots continue to, exactly to right. burrow down. You basically need to be willing to enact some spending reform uh, when, it, <laughs> when it comes to your credit cards. Right. Uh, we need like a parole board to sign off on what, <laughs> whether or not exactly. you, uh, you've become a model prisoner. <laughs> a model. Like you, you, whether or not you deserve to get sure, released early. Sure. Uh, well, HELOCs, uh, they come actually with very much the same issues as credit cards. Rates, they have been ridiculously low for folks who've been borrowing on their homes to, to do work to their house typically. Which but was a lot of people during COVID. It, it was. But that's been changing now as rates have been on the rise. Depending on the terms of your HELOC, your home equity line of credit, your rate can likely increase every single month. And so similar to the credit card debt that we just mentioned, you are already paying more in interest for the money that you borrowed. And then that interest rate is likely going to continue to climb. Your your once ultra low rate might be creeping up well past 5% now. New HELOCs are in the 6 to 7% range. That might not demand your immediate attention like a 20% credit card rate would, but it is something to watch out for. It's something to keep an eye on uh, and it's worth preparing to accelerate paying off as these rates continue to go up. Yeah, the credit card interest rates going up is more like, oh man, there's a there's a fire on my stove and I got to put it out before it like takes down the whole kitchen and potentially the whole house. The HELOC, maybe not quite as dramatic of a debt situation because we're still talking about interest rates that are for a lot of people in that 6% range. Not horrific, but it's, not ideal, yeah. not fun. It's not a fire, but they're the exposed wires up in the attic that the squirrel kind of <laughs> chewed through. And That's you right. know it's a hazard. You know that, oh man, that insulation, it could totally arc or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There could be sparks and that thing could catch on fire and need to take care of that. There's a there's a problem there that needs yeah. to be looked at for sure. <laughs> well, and, and let's talk about mortgage interest rates too, Matt, because if you already own a home, the reality is that the rate on your current mortgage likely isn't going to change at all because of these rate hikes. So it's important to mention that. That's because most folks have wisely locked in fixed rates while they were at historic lows. I mean, Matt, I feel like you and I were voices crying in the wilderness, telling people to refinance when rates were at like that 3% mark. We're and like, it's, they're not always going to be here. And it, people I'm are like, sure, folks sure are like, yeah, dude, they keep going down. We're the boys who kept crying wolf. <laughs> I'm going to wait sure, for that. Sure enough, though. Half a percent, no, 30-year interest rate. Oh, well, please. Yeah, that, that never came to be. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, folks, though, that did, and they've got a 3% rate, let's say, on a 30-year mortgage, those folks are sitting pretty. And as inflation is making everything costs more money, your super cheap mortgage is kind of this safe haven, um, at least you know as much as a massive chunk of debt <laughs> can be considered <laughs> a safe haven. It is that. But if you're one of the rare birds that took out like an adjustable rate mortgage, although more people are doing that now, fewer people were doing it years ago. So we would say, take a look at the fine print to see when and how much your interest rate can move up. 
those factors, along with how long you're planning to own your home, are going to impact whether or not there's anything you should be looking to do with that arm that you've got. But the truth is, for current mortgage holders, these interest rate hikes, uh, unlike in other countries, I think I was reading in, in Great Britain, most people have uh, adjustable rate mortgages, and they hmm. adjust anywhere after two to five years within getting that mortgage. So a lot of a lot of people there are in a precar- more precarious financial position, whereas most folks in the states have locked in fixed rate mortgages. Ouch. They're they're less uh, affected, far less affected by these rate hikes than people across the pond. They're dealing with the sterling yeah. arms on the rise, oh. not lack of natural gas. With they've got a lot going on over there. Yeah, right our now. mother country, not not doing so hot. Let's let's also discuss what's happening uh, for folks who are currently shopping for a home. We've talked extensively about the the housing market in Friday flight episodes recently, so we're not going to dive deep into housing costs. Uh, but when it comes to mortgage interest rates. Interestingly enough, they they don't move in lockstep with the Fed rate because there are a number of different factors at play in this market. Um, You know, that's different than credit cards and HELOCs. Um, Mortgage rates, they actually tend to go up as the economy is doing well. They they tend to go down as the economy slows. As we all know, mortgage rates are up quite a bit over the past year. Uh, But even as the Fed hikes rates again, you know, we could be in store for mortgage rate declines uh, in the not too distant future. That remains to be seen. But considering that the uh, the Fed interest rate was at zero percent earlier this year, we're now seeing it at three percent. We've seen corresponding moves within mortgage rates, within thirty year fixeds. Because again, at the beginning of this year, we're looking at three percent mortgage mm-hmm. rates. We're we're pushing seven percent now on thirty year fixed, which is completely insane. And so that movement, that increase right there can, I think, most definitely be attributed to the higher federal interest rates uh, that are being hiked. Sure. And the question is, how how much longer and how much higher are our mortgage interest rates going to go? That's a question that's really difficult to answer. Sure. And we might see, as if we start to get see nastier economic data come through, including uh, more job losses, more higher unemployment, that could start to push mortgage interest rates down a little bit. But like, man, there's a lot of a lot of things at play in that market, so it's it's hard to know and hard to predict. It's, it's tough to yeah, exactly. It's tough to pin to the wall. Yeah, but it, it's at least I'm glad you covered that, Matt. And let, let's talk about uh, one more thing, which is car loans. I mean. Hopefully, we've made it clear that anything and everything you finance is going to cost you more. That's yep. That's like <laughs> that's one of the major impacts of Fed rate hikes is, and and that's what they're trying to do is to crush demand at least to a certain extent mm-hmm. by making everything cost more. And the same is true when we're talking about vehicles. You know, getting a loan for a car is becoming a more expensive thing too. The the average interest rate on a new car was 3.85% at the beginning of the year. Now, it's I think it's just crested five and a half percent, so almost two full points higher. And we don't like the idea of taking out a loan for your car in really any interest rate nope. environment, but it's even more important to save up cash to pay for your ride as borrowing costs rise. And yeah. that means opting for a less expensive vehicle for most folks. So yeah, ideally you'll be smart and shop around. And if you do need to borrow money to buy a car, you'll probably want to go to a credit union to get the best rate. But the best of all worlds is to pay cash for a car to avoid the financing costs altogether and save up more money if if you do end up needing to buy something something different than what you got now. Or maybe you could even ride your bike to work. There you go. Uh, there's a lot that you can get done on two wheels. Plus a bicycle helmet. Uh, let's talk about jobs, Joel, uh, because we've so, so far we've talked about spending, uh, but let's talk about your ability to earn an income because higher lending rates, it also impacts our ability to, to have that gainful employment. And so here's a quick example or a scenario here to run through. As it becomes more expensive for borrowers to finance something like a house, like we just mentioned, that's going to mean fewer folks are out there buying and even renovating their home, right? Which means there are then going to be fewer home builders hiring contractors, which means there are fewer jobs available. And then on top of that, those contractors, they're purchasing fewer materials as well. We're looking at you, Home Depot. <laughs> and so the, the company, for instance, that's milling fewer trees for lumber, they're no longer hiring folks. And actually, maybe they even start laying some folks off. So essentially, there's this massive you know, again, downstream ripple effect uh, that we'll begin to see in the job market. And the same reality applies to a whole bunch of industries. Most businesses, they are reliant on debt and financing. And so when the cost of that debt, of that financing goes up, it restricts what different, not only industri- industries, but just specific businesses, what they're able to do. Uh, there's a tightening of the belt that's happening as employers are trying to find ways to cut their costs because this increased cost of financing 
that's an expense, right? That is a hard line item on their cash flow statements. That has an impact on the folks that they are then able to hire, which is going to have an impact on you, the jobs that are available to you as an individual. Yeah, and those borrowing costs are impacting their customers who maybe can't afford quite as much as they previously could, right? Because everything costs more than it did just a minute ago because of higher interest rates. And so you're right. I think, yeah, the job market is going to change. It's going to shift because of rising Fed interest rates. And and the Fed has talked about how they're trying to engineer a soft landing. And what does that mean? I think that means basically they're trying to avoid a recession while kind of bringing inflation down at the same time. So it makes me think of the uh, Sully Sullenberger plane landing uh, on the Hudson, right? How that was like this amazing kind of miracle. Total miracle. Yeah, Yeah. Like sticking that landing was pretty dang difficult. I can't imagine doing that's, that. That's what he want, That's what he didn't want to do was stick the landing. He, he doesn't want to, <laughs> he just wants to glide across smoothly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what I call sticking the landing. Okay. Yeah. So I yeah. think of like a gym, uh, gymnast. Well, sure. Like when yes. they stick the landing, they just like plant their feet and they don't move at all. Exactly. That's <laughs> like what the Fed is trying to do. But when you think about your momentum going every which way, it's really hard to do that. Uh, flying over the pommel horse or whatever it's called and and actually planting your feet at the same time without falling forward or back or something like that and it, the, the reality is it's becoming more unlikely that they're going to get this this perfectly engineered soft landing yeah. and the fed's own predictions matt are saying that unemployment is going to increase by at least one percent around the country and that's not dire because we're at historically ultra low unemployment numbers but that still equates to at least a million folks losing their jobs probably more and so those are real families real individuals who are going to be impacted by fed policy and and that could those predictions could even be shy of what happens right so what it means is probably that the abundance of jobs is going to be whittled down there's not going to be two jobs for every single person out there looking for a job we're going to see fewer stories of people making thirty thousand dollars more for jumping ship and going down the street to a different company there's also Mm. just going to be less demand right for workers and pay rates aren't going to rise as quickly across the board yeah i wouldn't be surprised if we see uh start seeing headlines that say oh yeah that's it's the end of the great resignation like that feels like something that was so 2021 yes yeah (laughs) in particular if we start to see you know like those uh, initial jobless rates start to climb if we start seeing a shift in the labor market in that way I, i yeah what great resignation, Joel. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it might it might be short-lived ultimately when it comes down to it. And so what we would say, what we would recommend is that you hold on to your savings, that you be wise with how you're approaching your career and the job you currently have because the, the kind of current reality where workers are completely in control of their own future is it, it seems like that's subtly shifting because largely because of Fed, Fed policy, because of Fed rate hikes. Yeah, there's not easy money just sloshing around the economy. Yeah, so you need to be even more careful and even more thoughtful about your own personal financial situation. And so, yeah, speaking of savings, we're gonna talk about the impact of rate hikes on savings and investments that you're making. We're going to have a lot more positive things to say uh, throughout the rest of this episode. So, so stay tuned to that. We'll get there right after this break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, 
You already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we are back. And we, you know, we just spent some time talking about how these higher interest rates, how they are affecting our ability, not only our own personal ability to consume, but of other businesses and what that means for the job market. But let's now talk about what the, what this means for us when it comes to, to saving our money. Uh, because, you know, like if you like saving money, if you like putting money in your savings or your checking account, you've probably felt like an idiot for, <laughs> for about the past 15 years. Like it's not been a good environment for folks holding on to their dough. But here's a, a little a silver lining. This is a, a positive side of, of rate hikes, which accrues particularly to the savers out there. As you've all noticed, rates on those high yield savings accounts out there are going up. Or actually, maybe you, you haven't noticed if you are with one of the big banks. Oh, that's uh, true. Because that's not a game that they play. No, they haven't raised <laughs> rates one iota. <laughs> they're still, they're still like not a, a bit. 0.02%. I literally went today to Wells Fargo's website. Did you check? I just wanted to check and be like, <laughs> all right, have they budged? Guess what? 0.01% still. Oh, haters. Pathetic. And so with that in mind, make sure that you're doing business with a bank out there that, that pays the top tier rate. Now, we've got an article up on the site at howtomoney.com that lists out our favorite banks. All of them are now paying more than 2% on your actual savings account. I will admit that's not epic, <laughs> but it is far better than what savers have been accustomed to in, in recent years. It is much more generous than the the maybe like 0.4 is, is what I think we saw yeah. maybe a year ago or a couple years ago. It's like five times better than uh, than what, what you were earning. At yeah, least. granted, we always wanted to see people investing, right? And and we, we people need savings too, though. And I hated seeing savers get just completely crushed. Yeah. By seeing rates on savings accounts just plummet to next to nothing. Yeah. And granted, the big banks pay next to nothing all day, every day, uh, no matter what year it is, no matter what the interest rate environment is. So where you bank matters, Matt. I'm glad you said that. But yeah, it's nice to see savers saving, which is a good financial habit to get into, <laughs> uh, accruing more savings over time. It's nice to see them get rewarded, at least in some way, form or fashion. Yeah, it feels a little less crappy to sock away six months of living yes. expenses when at least it's earning two and a half percent, almost two and a half percent, basically. Still less than the rate of inflation, but you're like, okay, I'm not getting like... Emotionally, it helps. Yes, it helps <laughs> agreed. And, and, you know, 
I think we're going to see those rates continue to go up because the Fed, like we said, the Fed has telegraphed that that they're going to continue to raise rates. And so I feel like the the online banks hmm. who actually care about competing in the marketplace are going to continue to raise their rates. I feel like Matt with like uh, a bank like CIT, we've been seeing emails I don't know, like twice a week where they're <laughs> raising rates, and it's fun to <laughs> kind like, of see them heads go up. up. Yeah, we're going to be paying 0.4 percent more, even though the big banks don't feel compelled to compete. Like the online banks are competing with they're each other, it. which is nice to see. But let's talk about another savings vehicle too, which is I bonds, and we've we've told the the How to Money audience about those for quite a while now. They remain attractive for medium term savings goals. Although this might not be the case forever. Remember, the the Fed is trying to make inflation chill out and the rate on I-bonds is directly tied to what's happening with inflation. So I don't know if you listened to us at the end of last year, you're still sitting pretty, right? You're, you're getting paid quite a bit of money on those I-bonds. You should be glad you did it. It might even make sense for folks who can to sock away a bit more into I-bonds right now. But what we're saying about I-bonds a year from now or two years from now, Hopefully, it, we're seeing it a different story, and hopefully, they're not quite as attractive because that would mean inflation isn't nearly as bad as it was. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't have the hots for I bonds anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right now, we do. Hopefully, I bonds gets real ugly real quick. <laughs> All right. So, we've discussed savings now. Let's uh, start dabbling into investing a little bit because as money, as it gets more expensive, we are seeing the stock market go through some trying times, man. Uh, the market, it hasn't been great uh, this year so far, if you haven't been paying attention. And honestly, seriously, like we recommend that you don't pay attention <laughs> so that you might actually be kind of like blissfully unaware. Safe. You're like, ignorance in- truly is bliss sometimes. <laughs> you're back in your warm, cozy bed, back at, back at the Shire. And you're like, what are you talking about? And like, yeah, you're, you're Frodo who didn't go on the, on the trip. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is great. Maybe somebody else will take care of the problem for us. But I mean, honestly, it makes me think of the past couple of years. It makes me think of SPACs, remember? Uh, that they're, they're not much of a thing anymore. Well, they were uh, hot, though. They were incredibly hot. Uh, so we're like supposedly genius investors. They were trying to get smaller companies to go public by essentially like reverse merging into these special purpose acquisition companies. Uh, that's what SPAC stands for. Similarly, when money was flowing in the form of stimulus payments, that's when we saw cryptocurrencies take off like a rocket. And of course, it's not doing so hot right now. Morgan Housel, uh, a friend of the show, he actually said this perfectly the other day on Twitter. Uh, He said that lots of pain as people realize that what they thought was their own investment genius was actually just lower interest rates. (laughs) (laughs) That's 100% true. That, again, plus the massive amounts of additional money that were flowing into folks' bank accounts as STEMI payments that they did not have any way of paying because we were all stuck at home and made everyone feel like an investing genius as everyone was basically taking that money and just saying, oh, I think it's time to invest. It's time for me to open a Robinhood account. Yeah, everything was kind (laughs) of up and to the right there for a couple of years. uh, and But now we're seeing kind of the sugar high wear off as rates are kind of resetting back to somewhere a little more normal. And, and they're also resetting quickly, which is causing a more severe reaction. Dude, I, I love that you said sugar high because that's exactly what it was. It was just this hot burning, but like like you got a sugar high versus like eating real food, like, yeah. like some meat, the sustained and potatoes energy. <laughs> and some broccoli, like the kind of energy, the kind of calories that that's going to fuel you into the future as opposed to just a sugar rush. Or like it also makes me think of what you, the kind of wood that you put on a fire. You can get that branch that fell in your yard and it's got all the dead leaves on it and you throw it on there. You know what's going to happen. Crackle. It's, oh my God. It's, it's going to, it's, well, the, the branch that's been laying there for a while. So it's completely dead. It's super dry. That thing will light up so fast and it's really impressive and the kids are like, whoa. But you know what? That thing's gone in like 30 seconds. Yeah. As opposed to the seasoned firewood that you've had set aside and then you put that wood on there. That's the kind of fuel that will continue to burn. And that's what you need in order to have a healthy bonfire in the same way we are seeing a correction we're seeing uh the markets return to some sort of some sense of normalcy when it comes to the types of investments that folks are willing to invest in and historic valuations ways of thinking about the value of companies instead of just speculative sort of tossing money at things people are starting to look at the fundamentals again Mm. which i think is good and so i don't know i guess uh it makes me think well how, how should how do money listeners react given kind of what's happening inside of the markets inside of the investing space we would say one it's helpful 
helpful to know how the sausage is made, like why the stock market isn't doing so hot. And I think Matt just touched on that for a second, which is helpful. But uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you should do anything different. And I think sometimes it's easy to think, well, this is unprecedented or, or man, look what's happening in the market right now. I should change. Everything is unprecedented right yeah. now. <laughs> it does feel like that in a lot of ways. But even it's been, it's been 40 years since we've seen this. Yes. It's always been since 1980. Right. Yes, that's true. But I think for, for long-term investors, these aberrations don't mean that they should change anything necessarily. And and in all likelihood, for a lot of people, it just means that the stock market is getting cheaper. It's, it's getting more into that on-sale uh, territory. Mm -hmm. And it might experience a decently prolonged sale, but who knows? We don't know. Like We don't know how long the stock market is going to kind of stay in a lull or be in a bear market, and it could sink even further. But what we suggest is what we've always suggested, which is continuing to invest with every paycheck or every two weeks, however you do it, that's what we would continue to recommend. And it's probably what we'll always recommend until our dying breaths. Like, just continue <laughs> to sock money away in the market. Stick with your plan. Pay less attention, like Matt said, too. Like, be blissfully unaware of kind of what's happening and just continue to do what you're doing no matter what the environment is, no matter what's happening around you. And uh, the, the paradox of investing is that the best time to invest is when the market is having its roughest time. It's right now. It's Which is right now. <laughs> it's, it's counterintuitive and lots of folks get scared in times like this. It might be tempting to make changes right now in the middle of kind of these funky conditions that we're experiencing. And we would say that's where having a written investment plan can help you stay the mm -hmm. course. It can help you continue what you're doing, writing it down so that you don't make a knee-jerk reaction so that you know, wait, these are the long-term reasons and methods that I'm using as an investor that can prevent you from being like, this time it's different and doing something, doing something crazy that doesn't align with your goals and your values. That's right, man. And you alluded to how we can talk ourselves into, the, into doing something different because we think, oh, it's different this time. But the, the, the underlying fundamentals don't change. Uh, there is still underlying truth of, of what we've see, learned from history. It's, it's sort of why we look back to history towards the beginning of the episode and what the Fed has done. But over the long haul, the stock market does go up and to the right. And so even though, like you said, who knows, we, we might continue to see the stock market decline. But what we do know is that, we, the, that the market is on sale. And so does it make sense to buy things on sale if that's a part of your investing? plan? Absolutely. You should see this as wind at your back, helping to propel you towards uh, you know, some degree of financial freedom, mm -hmm. financial independence in the future. But if you're closer to retirement, let's say for all the older listeners out there, these rate hikes and the, the stock market volatility that we're experiencing are going to feel quite a bit more daunting, which I totally get. And on top of that, there might even be more pain in store for the market, because again, we don't know what the future holds. But if you're hoping to tap those funds to pay for retirement expenses pretty soon, you might be selling while the market is down, which again, I under, I get that. I know that that doesn't feel great, but luckily there are a few things that can be done. First of all, we'd recommend that you save up some more cash before you quit. That's one thing you can do. Just you know, reducing your, your spending to, to draw down less, that would be wise. And you're, you might hate this advice, but working longer is also an option. We often talk about core pursuits here on the show. Um, and again, if you're an older listener and this is not something you've heard us talk about, you might be thinking, well, what's a core pursuit? Well, research shows that the happiest retirees are, are folks who have identified these different hobbies on steroids, but different aspects of our lives that bring fulfillment, that bring meaning to our lives. And if you happen to be somebody who has not done that kind of work, you might find yourself in retirement. Uh, not only drawing down on a portfolio that's really taken a beating over the past year, but to fund a lifestyle that you're not necessarily happy with. Yeah. Uh, and so there's sort of a double win here. If you are able to leave your money in the market as it continues to hopefully, fingers crossed, rebound maybe over the next year or two, you can still work, but maybe you're working a little bit less. Yeah. You are able to cover some of your expenses without having to draw down your portfolio. And guess what? You're spending the rest of your time doing with those additional hours. You're thinking about what you want your life to look like. You're thinking about those core pursuits, the things that you want to pursue. And so I think that's something worth keeping in, in mind as well, because we want folks, if they are at the point to where they're going to retire, that they're able to do that successfully. Uh, and that means doing it without feeling any sort of weird feelings of regret yeah. about retiring, about leaving work. Well, Matt, I've even known friends who have retired and 
even though they had more than enough money, they were still kind of obsessed with the day-to-day market gyrations. And so I think the reality is too, that some people might, they might think that they can't retire. They might emotionally feel like they can't quit work, even though they have plenty of money, even when, even mm-hmm. though the market has taken a dip, they might just be reacting based 100% on feelings and not on facts. And so yeah. it's important to run the numbers too and see like, okay, cool. Can I live on you know three, three and a half, four percent of my portfolio, even my portfolio that's taken a hit? That's an important question to ask because yeah. I think there are a lot of a lot of folks who maybe react a little too vociferously to kind of these market gyrations, even people who are nearing retirement. And I'm not saying that. I don't get that it is a more emotional reaction. Like you've got a bigger nest egg that now like the, the in actual dollar amounts, you've taken a bigger hit than people in their 20s and 30s yep. typically. But it doesn't mean that you can't still retire in the, the time that you hoped you would, especially after before this, what was a 13 year bull run? Like you probably weren't expecting that either. You weren't <laughs> expecting those returns. So just it's it's good to keep it all in perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Less feelings, more data. Yeah. Uh, also 100% stand by that as well. So, I mean, as we've gone through this episode, we want you to know that higher interest rates are going to mean slower growth typically moving forward. And that's going to impact a whole slew of different personal finance elements. None of us know what old Jerome Powell is going to do next month. Although, do you want to make any predictions? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> not my jam. You're not willing to... Uh, Put a little money on the line. I'm not. Oh. I'm not gonna. I'm not willing to bet. But I don't even want to say this because I feel like I don't want people to hear this and think that we're recommending that you do something differently based on this. But if we see in the, the inflation numbers tick down some, uh, and the next week, if Jerome's like, "All right, we're gonna make the announcement," I wouldn't be surprised if it drops down to 50 basis points rather than 75. Maybe. Kind of like the slow rollback, as opposed to going cold turkey yeah. or something like that. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make. You're it, not. No. <laughs> I don't see Joel's not going to dabble at all. That's like one man's brain I, that I can't. Yeah, absolutely. Visualize. I mean, I've got no, no. I'm just trying to I'm like if I, I were realize him, there's like other people helping in this decision making process. There's but, so many people, no, but I, I, involved. And it's hard to know what's what's inflation has been stickier than most of us would have imagined. Although oh, yep. hopefully we're seeing signs of it abating. But yeah, it's making predictions is is, is a fool's errand. I'm not going to go there. But you, you, you go ahead and feel free Did to be you just foolish. Call me a fool, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, we would say it's 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 not smart to make investing decisions based on predictions of future. Exactly. Pain, right? Yeah, exactly. That's that, and that's the whole thing. I didn't want to say it because I don't want folks to change their behavior. But yeah. it's fun to kind of speculate and be like, I bet I could see this happening. Yeah, but this I think this episode was less about making predictions and it's more about reading the tea leaves of what is actually happening. Like, sure. Uh, it's, yeah. It's more about reading the writing that's already on the wall. Uh, as interest rates have risen and are going to continue to rise based on everything that the Fed has communicated. And so it's, it's more important than ever to be prepared for slightly gloomier economic times. We want people to keep investing, though, because money that you invest while the market swoons is going to have even more of an impact on your ability to build wealth. It's buying at that discount, right, like we talked about. But we also don't want you to forsake savings. And fortunately, savings rates are going up. The more money you put in the bank puts you in a stronger position right now. Unfortunately, you're not getting paid 0% on it anymore. And then we want you to pay even closer attention to your job situation. And that means you should probably be networking a little bit a little bit more right now, just yeah. in case, right? Uh, dig the well before you're thirsty, as our friend Jordan Harbinger says. Like Paying attention to all of these personal finance categories that are directly impacted, mm-hmm. or at least indirectly impacted, by these Fed rate hikes. Yeah. It's, really, it's really important. So yeah, the Fed rate hikes, while it might seem like it's just a few pointy-headed people in suits in Washington in a making far, decisions. In a far off land. Yes. <laughs> kind of behind the curtain, Wizard of Oz style curtain. It might feel like that. The reality is it has far-reaching impacts into all of our lives uh, in a whole lot of, in a whole bunch of aspects of personal finance. And so we hope that you are well prepared to weather kind of the, the potentially rocky shores of what happens with interest rates and the unpredictability thereof. That's right. All right, let's get back to our beer. This is a beer by Bosky Brewing Company. Uh, This beer is Scotia, which it turns out, not surprisingly, to be a Scotch ale. What were your thoughts on this one, buddy? Yeah, man, this was really good. Malty, caramel vibes Mm -hmm. in a big way. And I am partial to Scotch ales. Scotch ales are underrated. More breweries should have a solid Scotch ale. But I I feel like almost nobody does. So it's so rare. They're they're kind of in the brown ale category, but better, I'd say. Mm. And so, yeah, I don't know. I like like a brown ale with a little bit more body, in my opinion. But, But without the big roasty notes that you typically get with a stout or with a porter. And so in my mind, it goes like brown ale, scotch ale, porter, uh, and then a stout. Yeah. Uh, and so this, yeah, this is a classic, it's like a mixture of molasses, brown bread, 
Makes me think of fall pastries a little bit. Makes oh. me think of like maybe some pecan pies and pumpkin pie. I'm st- already starting to think towards Thanksgiving a little yeah, bit. It's a little bit sweet, but not too sweet. Yeah, it's to- like totally gets me in the well mood. Well balanced. For, uh, this is like the, maybe, is this the equivalent to uh, PSL for <laughs> for craft beer drinkers? That's pumpkin spice latte for all the uninitiated I don't, folks. Yeah, I don't do the, the, the pumpkin spice lattes, <laughs> nor do I do the abbreviations. Nor, <laughs> PSL, it's like, it's, it's part of the vernacular is it? at okay. this point. I'm, yeah too old to know that but uh yeah no i thought this was great and yeah, fantastic i love me a good scotch ale although it's rare that i find one so big thanks to bob for uh donating yeah, this beer right. to us thank you bob down there in albuquerque new mexico and joel that's going to be it buddy for this episode listeners can find our show notes up on the site at howtomoney.com we'll link to any of the things that we may have referenced during this episode we'll have those listed out there for you while you're there you'll have the opportunity to sign up for our weekly newsletter if that is something that somehow you have not done yet every Tuesday morning this newsletter is going out and it includes what we think is the most important personal finance information for you to know about plus uh, some encouragement to help you that's right stay on the right course or get going on the right course if you're not there yet exactly so, so you can sign up for that at howtomoney.com forward slash newsletter but buddy that's going to be it dude until next time best friends out best friends out From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.